and welcome back to the Pit Stop here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. I'm your host, James Wilson, and alongside me is Corey LaJoy, driver of the number seven Camaro for Spire Motorsports. How you doing, Corey? I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And uh, really, the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is it's, it's a brand new team for you. It's a team that's reasonably new to the sport itself up in the Cup Series. What are your long-term goals from here up until that final championship four race? Well, I mean, I think it it is par- partly the same every year, but it also changes with you know every team you're at and the potential is is as high as it's ever been for myself here at Spire Motorsports with the quality of cars and people that I'm working around. Uh, you know, but with that being said, I haven't had a whole lot of uh, places to to run very competitively in the Cup Series just yet. So it's been. Um, that that's my dog there. Sorry, sorry for that. Um, okay, but but uh, I think and that's my old man in the background, even louder. But, um, well, that's kind of what we know you as, Corey, is the the family brand. I mean, we've we've seen you do that before, like when you made that cupcake holder with the camshaft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah with the Motor Trend show. Yeah, I, I was actually right in the middle of of making a a speaking podium for Motor Racing Outreach when. Uh, when we got it, when we had to jump on here, so I'm always trying to get my hands dirty and and keep the uh, creative juices flowing. And and that's why I like you so much is because you are a very classic old school type NASCAR driver. You don't play around. You you work on the cars. You do everything you can. You actually know how these cars work. And that to me is part of why I'd say you're a fan favorite for most people. Well, you know, I think that at the end of the day, people are only really pull strong for the guys who you know, win consistently, but it is crazy to see my fan base continue to grow uh, bigger and, and, and more people on social media and, and stuff like that. So I'm, I certainly appreciate all the support that I see from uh, just from, from everybody, uh, whether it be at the racetrack or listening to the podcast, I'm getting a lot of good uh, feedback on that from people. So it's, uh, it's all trending in the right way for sure. Hopefully we can match uh match the competitiveness on the track with how strong everything is off the track right now. And I'm, I know you guys are capable of doing that. It hasn't been the easiest for most of the new teams. Um, you know, the track house team, they haven't had the best chances. Uh, BJ McLeod's team, they haven't really been doing well at all. Uh, Bubba Wallace and his uh, new Toyota team. A lot of these teams aren't performing that great. And it's, I mean, plain and simple a lot of these teams just didn't have a lot of this stuff ready to go and um coming into this new season it hasn't been the easiest for these newer teams because you guys don't have 10 20 years of just money and history and parts to rely on well you know and that might be a little bit harsh and not giving credit to the overall field in the cup series on how hard it is uh because you know if if you look at the field you know there everybody in the top 30 is spending over $15 $15 million to compete. Um, you know, so when you go, when you go look at a, a BJ McLeod who is in it for the long game, trying, you know, he got, he got cars that I was driving last year at go fast that were eight to 10 years old when mm-hmm. we got them. So, you know, I, I know what we were up against last year with that equipment, you know, and now where we ran 27th, eighth with that car last year, now you insert a track house, you insert, uh, you get rid of a 13 Jermaine car and you plug in, um, you know, the, the 23 XI team. So any team that got restructured or bought uh, has inserted themselves, you know, 
higher in the grid. So when essentially a new team here with Spire plugs in, you know, we have to go take somebody's place in that top 25 as opposed to just, you know, swapping a number out. Um, you know, so it's been tough, but we've also shown a lot of good speed. We just haven't had the results that, uh, that, uh, can associate with that. But, uh, that's why I'm still bullish on what we're capable of, of here this year, as well as going into the, this next gen car and, and building towards that. Yeah. And I think the next gen car is going to, I don't, I don't like the term level the playing field, but something similar to that effect, it is going to help out some of the smaller teams, but I think fans should remember, it's not going to be an instant thing. The big teams are still going to have that advantage. For Absolutely. Yeah. And the advantage they have is just the amount of people uh, that they have to tinker and uh, build their cars two, three weeks out, take them to the wind tunnel, do all the stuff that, you know, finds those, those incremental gains and those microscopic gains that add up to be a lot of downforce or, uh, you know, mechanical grip, stuff like that. I feel like the big teams with the newer car are going to even be more dominant than uh, what the smaller teams are because that the notes aren't going to apply. So it's really just going to be uh, who can figure out the new car the fastest. And at the end of the day, you got to have smart engineers and smart people and a lot of them to do that in a timely fashion. So we could definitely, we're definitely going to have to be efficient, but we got to work cut out for us with this new car. Um, you know, but right now we're concentrated on getting a couple better point stays up on the board and, and you know, hopefully, uh, running, running well on the, on the road courses and then, you know, go to Daytona with the last regular season race of the year and, and try to throw a Hail Mary and try to get in the playoffs. But, um, overall the year has been fairly good. I think we just, uh, we got to execute and, and finish where we've been running, uh, more often than not. Well, you certainly are a playoff team. I think you guys are going to contend for the playoffs by the end of the year. I said that earlier um, at the beginning of the season. This is a team that I have very high expectations for, and I think progression is going to be something that we're going to see from that seven car for many years to come. I'd say this is your best chance um, in the Cup Series so far, but it's like you said, Hendrick, they have about 500 employees, but LiveFast had what? Um, 12, maybe. Or, sorry, excuse me, GoFast Racing had yeah. um 12. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of hard to, to compete when you have 10 times the employees and then some, but that is something I did want to talk to you about is these road course races, seven road course races throughout the season. And that's a lot. That's a lot for what, what I would consider, you know, NASCAR cup series, uh, normality when growing up, there was two, um, yeah. and you'd go to each once. And that's, I mean, that's a huge jump. Have you guys prepared for that, um, more than you would normally have done before? For sure, especially when they make up, you know, over uh, what's that, fifteen percent of the schedule. So you definitely have to uh, take them a little more serious. Whether it's I went and bought a shifter cart just to get some road course experience, get the you know the the technique of road course racing, uh, just trying to reprogram my brain a little bit, just because I didn't really grow up doing a whole lot of uh, doing a whole lot of road course stuff. So. Um, it's definitely been a little bit of a challenge for me to get up speed in that, in that area. just cause I haven't been to, you know, I haven't been to the places where a lot of these guys ran Xfinity cars with road America and even Watkins Glen or Sonoma. I've only had one race on. So, um, I, I'm a little bit disadvantaged, but I don't, you know, there's no excuses for not putting in the work and trying to get better at it. But without testing, it's hard to, uh, get real life, um, you know, real life laps around there. And then we're also not, necessarily on the on very high on the chevy totem pole so we don't get to uh jump on that simulator very often so uh but that's why you gotta get creative and figure out different ways to go about it 
especially with all these technical tracks. I, um, from a fan's perspective, at least, I'd say Watkins Glen isn't nearly as technical as Circuit of the Americas is going to be. And you have pretty much every road course ringer getting ready to go. Chase Elliott, obviously, most fans consider him the best road course racer we've seen in many years. Um, he's getting ready to go. But I think all of Hendrick's going to be strong there. But do you think that's going to be a recurring theme where you're going to see these new tracks, especially, like you said, Road America, where people are going to almost hone in on that a little bit more than they should? Well, yeah, I mean, we, you can certainly look at Chase Chase Elliott and obviously look at his stats and, and know that he's one of the more dominant road course racers we've had in the sport. And I also think that, you know, Hendrick Builds and Alan, Alan Gustafson has definitely a, uh, a particular package that has a lot of turn, a lot of forward drive that works for Chase's driving style. So, um, you know, he, he does have a – a pretty good record there. And you, and then he also, to add insult to injury, uh, that he go he gets and goes to do the, uh, the tire test for Goodyear mm. down there. So he gets even more of a leg up, uh, on the guys who don't necessarily have a lot of, uh, time. So that's just the way it goes sometimes, you know, it's, it's, uh, how, how it is. And, uh, you got to make the most of it, but certainly look, I'm looking at chase to be uh, strong, strong there to get in victory lane for the first time this year at one of those road courses. Absolutely. Let's talk about your throwback scheme that you'll be running at Darlington. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah. So it, there's pretty cool to we're able to run that uh, Alan Kowicki Xerix scheme. It uh, was one of my favorite Alan Quickies. Alan was one of my favorite drivers, just how he went about it. owning cars, setting them up, doing all the stuff, running the team. Um, and it was certainly something I looked up to growing up and just because I had to know the ins and outs of the car and, and work on budgets and things like that. I really, uh, related to his path. So whenever we were figuring out numbers, just from the jump, when I first signed up to Spire, we were kicking around some different number ideas, whether it be 71 or, uh, some others, but when that single digit opened up with number seven out of Alan Quickie's shop, it just, it felt right to slap that on the side of the car. And when we were talking about, we were talking about some other options for um, for throwback schemes, and it seemed like this just made the most amount of sense. And uh, you know, Valvoline owns Xerex, so they're obviously on board as well. And it's it's cool to see that thing come to life with the exact same scheme and, and sponsors that uh, ran over thirty years ago. Yeah, and it was a whole lot of fun seeing earlier in the season when you uh, recreated that famous Alan Kowicki photo. Because I'd say you guys do things similarly, where you have a lot of input on how the car is going to be made and how, how everything is really put together. It's not just you're getting in a driver or excuse me, you're getting in the car and going, there's a whole lot more behind the scenes. And I'd say you're almost a 24 seven employee for Spire. Well, I maybe, maybe more so on the weekends, but you know, there's, there's a lot of great guys that are working on my cars during the week, getting them ready to go. So, you know, I got to show those guys some love and, and appreciation, but you know, that's part of the, Part of the pitch was, you know, when you're in with TJ and Jeff and, and everybody at Spire, you're in it, you know, as, as family. So that's been a lot of fun to to get to know those guys and, and know, you know, we're playing a long game here, trying to build a, uh, you know, a solid race team for the future, you know, and, and don't necessarily get bogged down with some of the speed bumps in the present. So, you know, you got to temper temper your expectations because we all want to go out there and run top 10 and feel like we are capable of that like we showed we like we showed it uh at martinsville there before we got caught up on pit road we we have speed but we got to uh 
we've got to finish these races. And, but you know, overall, when we look, we want to look back six runs from now and be like, man, okay, this is look how much better are we off here in this area and this area. And then six months from that, when we're firing off for 22 and just continue to get better, you know, every day, but over the course of the, over the course of the year, certainly we should be in a better spot than what we are right now. So you talk about going towards the future and, you know, getting ready for what's to come. Do you think that there's going to be a certain point where, um, you start to say, hey, this next-gen car is going to drive incredibly different. Um, when they talked about all the changes that came to it, to me, it, it blew me away just how different this car is. Um, Rear-independent suspension, five-speed, I think it's a bang shifter. There's so much new that's uh, that's coming to this car, it's almost a brand-new NASCAR. And in a very positive way, I think everybody's really excited to see this um, come to NASCAR. But do you think this is going to be almost a brand-new reset of the product that we can expect um well i i hope in the grand scheme of things it is what nascar ultimately uh wants to wants to accomplish of of saving the team's money in terms of r&d where it's just a, a not a bottomless pit of developing parts and and stuff that's a little bit better for aero so i think that the overall package is is certainly the right direction so the teams can justify the amount of money or even the OEMs can justify the amount of money they're investing in the sport. And, you know, in the future with whether they start bringing in some hybrid stuff and trying to entice some new OEMs to come in and invest in the sport as well. I feel like that's, we all can collectively agree that that's uh, what we need as a sport is more OEMs, more fans come to the racetrack, which I think is trending in the, in the right direction. But like we talked about earlier, the bigger teams with a um, little more engineering support and, and know-how are certainly going to, hit the ground running before a smaller team has the opportunity to, to get some notes and and really understand what makes the car work uh, but you know that's also the challenge of it as well because sometimes you can hit on it and you can be better than some of those guys who might not have a notebook on it so we're look we're hoping to uh, be that team where we can hit on it more often than not with this new car and, and take advantage of uh, the newness of it but it's at the end of the day it's still never going to be equal it might be a little bit closer because you know you're going to have the same transaxle or rear end is the next guy or you know the steering rack's gonna be the same you're not gonna be getting beat on parts just a matter about how you assemble them and uh you know how you execute the racetrack absolutely and i think when you talk about bringing in new oems that's more important than most fans realize because at the end of the day chevrolet is trying to sell camaros at the dealership toyota is trying to sell camrys at the dealership just as much as ford wants to sell the mustang these is still something that they have a vested interest in financially. But I, I argue to many, if you were to bring in a Honda or for Dodge to come back, those are the two brands I would say would be reasonably realistic. I would say they might pick up a pre-existing team and say, hey, you're our, you are going to be our Joe Gibbs. You're going to be our Hendrick. You're going to be the team that we put a lot of our resources into. And I'd say that might level the playing field almost more than this new car will. Yeah. I mean, the but the, the car is the platform that allows a an OEM to justify coming in, you know, with, with Dodge coming in with Everett Hams, you know, there's that you have to do the engine uh, research and development. You have to do car research and development. So instead of a, a $50 million a year spend, they only have to be, you know, a 15. That's a big difference and mm -hmm. a lot more enticing for somebody that's been out of it that necessarily doesn't have the marketing budget or, or the research and development uh, budget to just drop it NASCAR like we've been lucky enough that with Chevy and, and Toyota and Ford to be able to invest in sports. So if we can get two or, you know, 
two, possibly three more OEMs, then that just that juices up the the support of the teams in the back half of the grid, such as ours. That way we can catch up and hire a couple more people and, and have a little more research and development and take go to the wind tunnel and stuff like that where you know it can tighten the gap for sure. And that's at the end of the day, what we want to see more than anything is, is the best drivers get the best chance. And sometimes um, in all brands of racing across the globe, you just don't see that. Um, and that is de- definitely something I would love to see a new OEMs come to fix that problem and that problem alone. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's an hour long conversation. We talk, right. About, <laughs> you know, it's uh, a lot of great stuff going on in the sport right now you know without the hypotheticals and you know i think the trajectory that the sport's on with you know steve phelps leading us and and we're making a big step with this next gen car there's a lot to be there's a lot of reasons why to be bullish in the sport right now absolutely and with that we're gonna have to end thank you so much for coming on Corey lajoy yeah absolutely thank you absolutely coming up next we're gonna talk darlington and a little bit of throwback schemes Welcome back to the Pit Stop here on TobaccoRoadSportsRadio.com. And Brett, you and I, we've got a lot to talk about in this last little segment here, but the most important of which is probably your favorite thing on planet Earth, NASCAR Cup Series paint schemes. As a diecast nerd and somebody who's very excited excited to see the uh, mold for the next-gen car from Lionel, um, paint schemes are awesome and my favorite thing on the planet. I can't blame you. I love paint schemes too. I don't nearly collect as many die casts as you because I, I'm not. I don't make as much money as you, so I refuse to to uh, um, spend all my money on that. There's some good money in being uh, Brett Wiseman from the score with Brett Wiseman. I promise you guys, there is some good money in that. But let's run co- through some of these paint schemes. We have a lot to get through. Sorry, what were you going to say? And the co-voice of the Carolina District. <laughs> that is true. I was going to announce that at the end of the show, but you beat me to it, Brett. Brett Wiseman is going to be one of the voices of the Carolina Disco Turkeys, two of my best friends in this entire industry. I'm very excited to see you guys, and I'm very excited to see uh, them play because I'm hopefully going to be as many games as I possibly can, just watching rather than working. So that'll be fun. We might throw you on a camera. We don't know yet. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> just give me some uh, give me a disco turkeys t-shirt and we'll be good unfortunately i've never became a baseball cap guy let's go through some of these paint schemes really quickly though some of these are just really good some of these are terrible uh the kurt bush scheme they didn't do one thanks kurt bush and they, the monster they, team. yeah thanks that's absolutely brilliant throwback to yesterday yeah that was fun <laughs> that's awesome great job Shout out Monster Energy. This is why Red Bull is always on top. The only brand in the world that I'll plug what on the show. about Bang Energy? Uh, they're pretty good. Uh, they're pretty good, actually. I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of them. Uh, but some of these are really good. And then some of these, I don't know what they're from. Like the Brad Kozlowski one, it's great. I like it. But if some someone of the, didn't some have of these, to tell like, me, I wouldn't Like know. every year with these, you have to look at the context of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the one that jumped out at me right off the bat, because I you know grew up watching the car, um, mm-hmm. Uh, John Andretti, before he switched to Petty, raced for Cale Yarborough. Right. Uh, and won at Talladega in the number 98 uh, car, the RCA car. The best part about this is they brought back the original sponsor. That yes. 99% of the time doesn't happen when they do the throwback scheme like that. But that Starcom 
friends friends of the show, Starcom and Quinn Health, brought back the original sponsor RCA and completely replicated that paint scheme. And it was on a Ford. So they did a great job of molding it to the current Camaro, too. I love it when it's same number, same paint, uh, same sponsor, same, uh, you know, paint scheme throwback and same manufacturer. Super rare. It's so hard for all of those things to align, especially as uh, Toyota hasn't been in here long enough for them to do a lot of throwbacks to themselves. And Dodge had a lot of the really good paint schemes coming up like the, the like as as I once confided in you and you made fun of me for it. I called the uh, the Do- the former red and green Dodge the Christmas car. Um you Yay. found that you found that to be a laugh riot, but yeah, I mean, so th- that's kind of the fun of this is since it's so hard to do when you do get some of those variables right, it's just like, yeah, that's awesome. That's what I've been looking for. Some of these are they're good paint schemes in and of themselves, but I just I don't care. The Denny Hamlin scheme is an example of that. It's like, yeah, that's a good scheme. It's cool. Um, it's a throwback to something that previously existed, but uh, I don't care. See, uh, a lot of the a lot of Denny's have been throwbacks to again things you have to find context for. The one that Jimmy mm-hmm. Johnson ran a couple of years ago was a throwback to like his sprint car or something. That um, one was cool though. That one was really cool. Again, you have to find the context on all this. Alex Bowman's another friend of the show. Um, mm-hmm. His throwback is to a car that his crew chief ran. Uh, that and, is cool. And that's that's a that, look. I love those ideas just as much as I love to throwbacks to original cars. Um, look, I know I'm biased here, but William Byron's Valvoline scheme, the throwback to the Neil Bonnet number 75, whew, brilliant. I'll be the tiebreaker on that. And you're absolutely right, Brett. That is one of the best. If I, you know what? It's the best. It's the best we've seen this year. Some of them are half decent. Some of them are not very good at all, but next Valvoline is that really one, good. So. Absolutely. And you, you have to, that is one of the best one we've seen in a long time. They got the sponsor, right? Uh, Valvoline has a really good relationship with Hendrix, so you would yeah, imagine they, they, they would they keep are, the sponsor right. Valvoline's sponsorship deal was originally only with the 48 and uh, partly with Chase Elliott, but now they've expanded it out to the 24 and the 5. So Yeah, we can actually, I think it's f- uh, three or four races this year. Kyle yeah, Larson two, two, will be two, running the Valvoline. Yeah, Larson gets four, and then Byron gets this one, and then I think he's running another one at the Roval. Yes, I, I. But the weird thing is, a lot of the Kyle Larson schemes, I don't know exactly when they are because obviously they have quite the blank the, slate. The only Valvoline scheme that's come out for either of them has been Byron's throwback. But uh, but uh, you would the, think one of them would have had, or you think Kyle Larson would have had it by now? You know, yeah, they I, I don't know. Now, what, I don't know what his throwback scheme is too either. Did you find that out? I, I, I did not. I, I can't. I can't seem to find it. Even I when can't I can't seem to make it. it out either. Usually, you know, you and I have enough knowledge where we can eyeball. Right. Things, we but. we know where that's from. Right. Like some like the. Uh, the Justin Algar car, good humor, ice cream, and it's in a similar font to Good Wrench. You're kind of throwing back to Good Wrench in a weird way. Um, the, the the one of the ones I know is gotta really tickle you, Pink. <laughs> um, I hope you're familiar with that phrase. Uh, not, otherwise, cool. oh, okay. Otherwise, I just said something that sounds really weird. You sound um, you, uh, anyway. Continue. That is, a, I don't know. That's a phrase I've heard from my family up north. <laughs> Well, if it helps, it. they if it, if it helps, they live right by Watkins Glen. I don't know, but um, Josh Berry scheme. Take us through that. Tell us the history about that, and tell us exactly why it's one of your favorites. If there's one NASCAR broadcaster call that lives rent free in anyone's heads, it is Alan Beswick's call from the 2001 Pepsi 400. All, some of my all time favorite schemes, though, were. 
every July 4th race at Daytona because Dale Sr. was a huge baseball fan and because Budweiser had an, it still does have an exclusive deal with Major League Baseball, Dale Jr. would run an All-Star Game scheme because the All-Star Game would always be the week following that race. Dale Jr. would run a MLB All-Star Game scheme. That year he ran it. Um, that was the best one that he ran, period, uh, of any of them. Uh, won that race, celebrated in the infield with Michael Waltrip because Mikey never got to celebrate in February, so he celebrated then. Um, the best part about this paint scheme is it's completely replicated of the original, but the most intricate part is there's a silhouette of Dale Jr. and Michael Waltrip's celebration on the side panel of the door. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a beautiful, beautifully done, beautifully done, just exquisite. It's 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 probably my favorite, um, especially considering a lot of the Xfinity cars are are terrible. Some of these are just god awful, but um, that one was probably the best one. It has the most history behind it, and it was it was just the best one with with it, with it being the history. But also, it just looks the best. It's just one of the best looking cars. The only really other Xfinity one that caught my eye was Ryan Vargas's car. Um, He's a friend of a friend of the show. If we can throw that out there, he's good friends with one of my, one of our buddies. Um, it's it's a Valvoline scheme. It's it's almost the William Byron scheme, except they move the colors up a little bit, so they're slightly less white. Yeah, they're running it's, it's, with it's Monarch a, actually um, it's actually a Mark Martin throwback. Oh, okay, yeah. So it's a different. Okay, see, I was confused as to why they decided to do that. I see. It's it's two different Valvoline schemes. Okay. Yeah, I I don't know if you. That's like an early '90s Mark Martin. That's not like. Yeah, but the, the Valvoline one with on Byron is super old, right? That's like. Yeah, Neil Bonnet's. You know. Yeah. Okay. Early, so, early mid '80s yeah. car. Yeah. No, I do not remember Mark Martin's Valvoline schemes that well because by the time I started watching, I mean I early saying, by 90s, the time I you started alive. watching, you know it was it was the Viagra scheme, right? Um, That's the, all I know. Mark, his his late car. his late nineties Valvoline Mark Martin's late nineties Valvoline schemes had that same kind of like fuzzy font kind of that ended up being on Johnny Benson's Valvoline cars. Yes, yes, that is what I'm familiar with. Um, growing up. The second I found out what Viagra was, I thought that was a laugh. I mean, I thought that was a, just a laugh ride. I thought it was the funniest thing in the history of the world. I'm just like, ah, that made me laugh so much. But I loved Mark Martin growing up. I mean, how can you not? And just, I, I don't know. I was cheering. I, I don't want to call him cheering for the underdog, but you know, looking back on it now, he definitely was an underdog for some of those years. I, as much as I like the Alex Bowman scheme, and don't get me wrong, I like it. I don't have anything negative to say about it. But I wish they ran it. Um, or maybe they'll run a different version of this scheme uh, at Homestead. I'd love to see that because it's a very Miami. It's scheme. a it's a south it's a South Beach car, is right? It not? Like yes, yeah. I would love to see this. Um, actually, you know what? Throw in more hot pink, and that car would look super sick. In fact, you know what? Take his current scheme with all those patterns and shapes on it, um, and then just change the colors to this teal and hot pink. That's just gorgeous. It's super call. It's, it, it screams eighties, Miami. Screams it very much Miami vice, right? It, yeah. It very much reminds me of like the early Miami heat years. Cause that's really the only thing I know about Miami is their basketball team, sadly. But some of these are just Florida terrible. Fans are fans are punching the air right now. Well, all four of them, um, so, uh, a, cu- a couple more of my favorites I want to touch. I didn't mean to cut yeah. you off. Um, 
I want to see if you can get this one right. Ryan Priest's uh, Velveeta scheme. What's that one throwing back to? I have no idea. I was trying to figure that out in my head, and I um I just had it pulled up. I sold I, this diecast on eBay that I got for free from a. Oh, it's the uh, it's the Labonte one. It's the Terry yeah. Labonte Power of Cheese. Power of Cheese. Yes. Yes, that is the one. I remember I nearly bought that from you because I'm a big Labonte guy. Did you see Bobby Labonte's uh, in the virtual race the other night? His cookout of course. Yeah, oh my God. you know I had please, that. Lionel, please make that a diecast. I will get a 124 of that. Yes, I will give you any amount of money for that car. <laughs> I will I will write you. I will give you my checkbook. I don't even. You can you can write. Here's a check with my name on it. Write down any number of this piece of paper, and I will pay it. I will. I mean, dude, dude. I mean, you and I just we eat a lot of cookout, and we'll plug them for free. But that's just also. I just love to see the Labonte brothers still having an um having an active interest in their in their sport, which you they see the, both the do. Front row, the front row cars too. You know what those are throwbacks to? Those are those are brilliant. I'm not familiar. So the th- the thirty four McDowell's thirty four is a throwback to Bobby Allison's uh, Miller High Life car of the mid eighties, mm-hmm. um, and Alfredo's is a throwback to Kelly Yarborough's Hardy's car of the mid eighties. Yeah, I did see Alfredo's. Um, I didn't see McDowell's. There's so many to go through because so many teams are doing it. Um, and I started looking at all three divisions. Unfortunately, the truck series has. The, Literally yeah. no good ones. The only other one, good one in the Xfinity series, other than the Vargas one and the Josh Berry one, is uh, Riley Herbst, which is the throwback to the uh, the Tony Stewart Home Depot Pontiac. Oh yes, I did like that one. I wish they got the sponsor right because it looks so weird seeing what is it Henry repeating arms yeah, see, on that's, there. That's the only problem with with this is that a lot of times you can't replicate the sponsors mm. because when, when they when they did that with. Uh, the Gibbs did that with Suarez a few years ago with the 19 because it was already an orange car, but it was Eris as the sponsor. Yes. So. I didn't like that at all. I mean, it's crazy to think the – it's crazy to think Suarez and Gibbs. I have almost forgotten that and put that out of my memory. Um, tell, tell me about Bubba's, though, because I love Bubba's, but – yeah, so Bubba's is actually um, – it's a pretty cool throwback. It's a pretty simple one, too. There's no crazy cool design on it. Uh, Root Insurance decided to get in on this one, and it's pretty simple. It's blue, and it's it's not just any blue. It's the exact same shade of light it's blue. Wendell that, Scott blue. It's Wendell Scott blue, yeah. So back in the day when Wendell Scott had his own race team, he was everything. He he could barely get, a, get together a pit crew to actually work on the car, so – he had to paint this car himself. He couldn't ha- have anybody. Uh, nobody would help him do it. That was the color he decided to paint it uh, back when he ran the 34 car. Um, so it's pretty cool to see this uh, throwback on Bubba's car. And I, I do think we're going to see a whole lot more of this throughout Bubba's career, throwing back to drivers who have faced the adversity that Wendell Scott has. And I- I'm sure a lot of people have heard of Wendell Scott, but they probably don't realize just how hard it was for him to race. I mean, he used to have to sleep in hotels hours away from the track, um, commute early in the morning to get ready for the race, leave, you know, he'd have to leave late and then get to the hotel and hit a wind taken away from him. So much was thrown in his face that made, well, racing so hard. And all he wanted to do is just do what he loved. Um, so if you haven't heard the story of Wendell Scott, you don't know anything about him, give that a Google, uh, find the nearest book about NASCAR and uh, find, give that a read. Your nearest local library. Right. This guy was, was the supreme talent and he was, 
he was never really given the fair shake that he deserved. So it's 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 very cool to see this. Um, obviously, I would love to see some other ones go by. I'm sure they did consider some other ones if they're going to throw back to other drivers. It is a little bit weird to see that orange in the blue. Uh, light blue and orange is not necessarily a color combination I am obsessed with, but it's okay. It looks pretty good. And some of his other sponsors that he, he runs with a lot did some pretty good logos on there. Dr. Pepper has an old-looking logo. McDonald's um, did a really good throwback scheme with Chastain, too, in the 42. I don't know what that one was from. I sat there and tried to look, and I couldn't figure it out. Uh, it's Bill, red Bill, Elliott's, yellow. Bill Elliott's mid-'90s, number 94, I, Thunderbird. I, I don't remember that. Well, I, I wasn't bored either. I just know what it looks like. I'm a I, yeah, I'm about to say, yeah. I, that's just um, one of those that flew over my head. Another thing we weren't really born for, but that we know about, and that we, we uh, two of my absolute favorite schemes behind Josh Berry and William Byron, mm-hmm. um, Corey LaJoy and Chase Elliott both running Alan Kowicki throwback schemes. And this might be a little bit of a hot take because, you know, we know that Hooters has the sponsorship relationship. Corey LaJoy's is slightly better in my opinion because it's not a scheme that a lot of people remember Alan Kowicki ran. Xerox was his secondary sponsor when he ran his own team and won the cup as a single car owner driver. Mm-hmm. Um, that Xerox car, brilliant. Hard, harder to bring back that original sponsor because there was no prior relationship, but God, it's beautiful. No, it's a good one. So, while we're still talking Darlington, right before we end, uh, who's going to win at Darlington? I, I don't know. I mean, this has just been such a topsy turvy. Do you want me to give you mine? Go ahead and give you mine. Give, give I me think mine. is going to surprise a lot of people. Uh, this is coming from a pure objective standpoint, and from what I know about this guy, I really do think he's going to win it this year. Um, he's going to get his first career win in the NASCAR Cup Series, and that's going to be Bubba Wallace. I don't know what it is. I just I have a really good feeling. He's been performing very good at the plate tracks his past couple races. The finishes haven't been that great, but he has been amazing. So for that, I think Bubba Wallace is going to figure it out. I'm going to go with another first timer. Okay. Um, and it's who we had on in segment two. Corey LaJoy will get the Absolutely job Absolutely. Tremendous pick. Both of those guys, I would love to see come through. Uh, Thanks to Corey LaJoy again for coming on. That's one of you and I just, we love him as just a person. We love, we love having him, him on. We love that paint scheme too, man. I mean, see that thing at Victory Lane, um, which is going to happen um, and make it even better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With that, we're going to end. So we'll see you guys next week.